Hey, welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. You're listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. We are the College and 20-somethings ministry of New Life Church. So Matthew chapter 25, this is a parable of Jesus, and it's the parable of the talents. And so we're going to read this and act it out so we just get the image of what's going on. So I need three volunteers, anybody, to be the three, the stewards. Yes, come on up. Aaron, who else? Oh, don't be shy. Okay, Sasha, come on up. And Josh. And, and Andrew, you come on up. All right, so you guys line up here. Yeah, right here. And then Sasha. No, you, we picked you. You're coming. And then Andrew is Andrew's the master. Sasha, stand right here. And, and these, are the three, uh, these are the three stewards. So I'm going to read this passage, and we're going to act it out. So we see what's going on. Kind of like kids' Sunday school, but this is middle Sunday school. So, but we all need help understanding things. So Jesus says this. For it was like a man going on a journey. That's Andrew. Who called his servants. That's these three. And entrusted to them some property. To one he gave five talents. Hold it up nice and proud. To another, uh, two talents. And to another, one talent according to his ability. And they're just randomly up here. We're just dead. All right. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them and made five more talents. And then you got five more. See? Pretty cool. So also the one who had two talents, he made two more. There he is. But to the one who had received the one talent... Uh, went, in the, went and dug a hole and hid the master's money. So he's hiding it over there. And by the way, a talent, if it's a, ta- a talent is a weight, and if it's a talent of gold, this passage doesn't really say exactly, but if it's a talent of gold, it's about a half a million dollars. So here, Sasha has, uh, what's that, five million together, uh, two million together, and half a million. That's a quite a bit. So this parable is about quite a, uh, entrusting quite a bit to each of these stewards. Um, now, after a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. And he who received the five talents came forward, bringing the five talents, and, and give them to the master, to the master. You delivered me five talents. Here I've made five more. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. And he who had two talents came forward. Master, you delivered me two talents. Here I am, have two more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. He who had received uh, the one talent came forward and says, Master, I knew you would be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. He's kind of slamming his master. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here's what you have. It's yours. And the master answered, You are a wicked and slothful servant. You knew where I would reap where I have not sown and gather where I had not scattered seed. Then you ought to have invested the money with the bankers. And my coming, you would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who had ten talents. For everyone who has more will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, he will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness." where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
pretty intense parable, don't you think? Let's round of applause for our actors and actresses. You could keep those as uh, um, souvenirs. Well done. Well done. People always act really well when they're impromptu acting. Well done, guys. So this parable, we'll get back to this. This parable seems horrible that the, the guy that just buried the talent and returns it to the master uh, is such a horrible, wicked, slothful servant. But we'll talk about what this parable is uh, a parable about towards the end of Sunday school. And I think it'll make a lot more sense what's going on here, the spiritual applications of this parable. So let's go before the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Father, we come before you and you've created us in your image and we are so grateful for that. Lord, you've created everything, seen and unseen. And you've told us that we are your stewards on this earth to manage it, manage it for your will, for your glory here on earth. God, we want to make your name famous. We want to not dig a hole and bury things that you've given to us, but we want to make a harvest of the things you've given us and and manage it well that, Lord, we could um, just be glorified servants in your name. So we worship you and we praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. So this month we're talking about stewardship. And I have been very convicted about stewarding talents. I'm going to show you a picture of me when I was in middle school and high school. Um, Here's a picture of me. It's not a literal picture but a figurative picture of a turtle in his shell. And that was very much me before coming to know Christ like I know him now. I was extremely shy. Anybody shy as a kid? Just a couple. Okay, there's all the hands. Good. I was, especially in middle school, middle school was really rough for me. And I was so like self-aware of what other kids would say or think about me. And I just, like my goal in life during middle school and freshman towards the middle of my sophomore year of high school, my goal was just not to be noticed. Like if I could just get through the day without talking to anybody, that would be a great day because I didn't want to talk to someone and then, they would t- and then they would point out something and make fun of me. I just had all these fears. It was pretty crippling as a middle schooler. I remember eating lunch uh, like, I don't want to go in the cafeteria holding my tray and then not know where to sit or sit down. And then someone says, you can't sit here. I was just uh, terrified of that happening. Anybody else? Anybody else terrified of that? Like going into the cafeteria and like, well, I don't know where to sit. It's so terrifying that I would brown bag lunch and I would eat in the bathroom, which stunk, literally. Uh, so then I, start, I was like, this is disgusting. And it was. So then my, I, I was like, okay, I'll just walk around the school inside and outside. I had like this little maze at which I would do every lunch hour. And I would just kind of keep my head down and pretend like I was walking to get somewhere and just try not to make eye contact. And that was me. Like I was a very different person. Like the idea of public speaking, the idea of saying hi to people was just unheard of in my life as a middle school little boy. And then I came to know Christ. I, I, I gathered enough courage. Someone invited me to a youth group, and I thought, I need to go to a youth group. I need to meet people. I can't be living this. I knew that I shouldn't be living in, like this and being so shy and just avoiding people at all costs. So I went to a youth group. Uh, fast forward, I became a Christian, and I had a great youth pastor that continually pulled me out of the shell, figuratively speaking. He would say things like, you need to lean into life. He was a great youth pastor. Paul Bradley is his name, and he's a missionary now in Thailand. And he would just, he saw 
gifts and talents in me that I could not see. I saw myself as this shy person just trying to avoid human contact and not to be made fun of. That was like my whole goal in life. And he saw in me these talents. He said, Joe, you need to go out and you need to be Christ-like to the people that are even more shyer than you. And I was like, what? Like, who's shyer than me? And he would say, like, you know, so-and-so, he sits by himself every week. Go sit with him. Go make friends with him. And so I would. And he would pull me out of my shell and say, lean into life. And so I did. And this continues, I think, to be a battle for me. Personally, I'm more introverted than probably a lot of you uh, would believe. But Christ did something in me when I became a Christian and changed me very quickly over the course of a couple months and put inside of me this burden that I have the gifts and abilities to, to lead, to teach. And, and Paul Bradley, I, towards my senior year, he had me speak at one of the youth group meetings, which was just like totally out of the blue to me and this the idea that I could not do it. And I did it and he gave me feedback. And it was just this amazing experience where he, someone who was older in the faith, got to pull out these gifts and talents inside of me. And so in some ways, this morning is going to be like that. I'm going to share with you um, this encouragement to use your gifts and talents as unto the Lord. So that's the topic. So welcome to the Mill Sunday School. For all of those that are new, thanks for coming. There is on your table uh, a card uh, I think they're on your their tables, or you could get one as you leave and fill it out with as much or as little information as you want. You could um, <clears throat> uh, put on there if you want a call or an email, we'll email you and call you, tell you more about uh, things going on for college and 20-somethings. Uh, we do sit in section 10, so after this Sunday school, we'll go over to big church, and if you want to sit with some people, uh, walk over with them through the cold, sit in section 10, and we're doing section communities now, so that's pretty cool. So that's that. That's community, and we think community is really important. So one other announcement. It's a pretty big deal as far as community goes and uh, fun and what's going to happen this winter, so I need a drum roll. Boom! We're going to do a winter retreat, which is pretty cool. Um, so we're calling it the Mill Winter Retreat, and there's been some transition with Friday night. And so if, you're, if some of you are wondering, like, why didn't we do a fall, Mill Fall Retreat? And a lot of people are like, oh, we didn't do that. Well, the plan was to hold off on the Fall Retreat and this year do a Winter Retreat. So write those dates down. Uh, at this point in the, in the planning of the Winter Retreat, uh, it's going to be college and 20-somethings. It's going to be uh, up at Golden Bell Retreat Center, which is in Woodland Park. Some of you have been there for other things. It's an amazing retreat center. Uh, we're going to go... There's Tubing Hill. There's an indoor pool. It's pretty nice. And uh, the theme, we're, we're still thinking through themes. Uh, the theme, we're going to talk about the awesomeness of God and maybe use uh, that verse in Romans for from him, through him, and to him are all things. Spend the weekend talking about who God is. Uh, so that's kind of the gist of what's going to happen. But at this point, we don't have a cost, but we do have the dates. And so it's kind of just to save the date for now. And then after Thanksgiving, we'll get the ball rolling and give you more information about when and where and registration. And so, so don't bug me with the details of like asking me, so how much is it going to be? We really don't know yet. I'm going to, my personal conviction is to keep it as cheap as possible so that as many of you can go as possible, because I know that that money and college students usually don't go together. So, cool. Are you excited about that? Okay, I'm very excited. So, let's get into the topic for today, which is stewardship uh, and the definition of stewardship. This is kind of a review from last week and the week before. We said that stewardship is managing what God provides for His glory. 
And we talked about how we are his creation. We are the creation of God. We are his and everything around, either seen or unseen, is his. Like he made it. Uh, It belongs to him. Our lives are, uh, we listed categories of the famous ones. The first three are time, talent, treasure. You know these, right? Um, These are like the famous ones that that, uh, Christians always mention, the the three T's. And then, of course, we do things uh, bigger and better than everybody else. So we were like, how about a list of seven T's? And uh, lots of you in the crowd were like yelling things out. Uh, Russell Verhey was here a couple weeks ago. He says, we really need to manage our our technology. And I was like, oh, sweet. Yes, we do. And it's a T word. So it helps with that alliteration thing. And then someone, Katrina, Brian Nelson, we were talking about, we should manage our bodies. And we're like, oh, body doesn't start with a T. That stinks. And then she yelled out, temple. And I was like, oh yeah, we do need to uh, steward our temple well. And then someone after Sunday school was like, we need to uh, manage our toys well. And I was like, okay, sweet. It does start with a T. So you realize this is kind of just adding and adding things. And I'm going to add one more to the list about halfway through Sunday school. Um, so be waiting for that so that we have a full seven. Like right now we have six. And so a seven is a really good number. And as soon as I list this last one, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, of course. Why didn't we list that one before? Which is really my fault. Because like, why didn't Joe think about that? Um, but today we're going to talk about one of these six, and then we're going to get to the seventh one. We're going to talk about talents today, as if you couldn't guess by the parable and the what we've already been talking about. So what are your talents? I'm going to give this as a discussion question in just a minute, but be thinking about what you are talented or gifted at. And for the purpose of this short lecture, uh, we are going to say that talents and gifts are the, are the same thing. Uh, and maybe you could break that down and say, oh no, a gift is more this, a talent is more th- this. And you could, in your own study, uh, get into the differences between talents and gifts. That's great. But for the purposes of today, I'm just going to kind of talk about talents and gifts being the same thing. It could either be how you are wired, like what is inside of you? What are your likes versus your dislikes? How are you wired differently than the people sitting around you at your table? Some of you may be Uh, good at music. And some of you are like, no, I just never have been good at music. Some of you maybe are good at languages, just wired. You're like, oh, I I know three languages. Like, wow, that's great. That's amazing. I know English and not very well. Um, So how are you wired? It could be that you're, you just kind of forced your way into having this amazing gift or talent in your life. And maybe you weren't wired for it, but you work really hard and you've become good at something. I asked, uh, there's a guy, our, one of our leaders named Justin Beto. He usually sits over there. I emailed him this week and said, hey, can I share kind of just your short story, a testimony of you and honor you? And he said, of course, as long as it honors the Lord. And I said, it will. And so he gave me permission to share that uh, Justin Beto, when he was about two years old, uh, his dad, there was some, like some farm equipment. And his dad, he was two years old. And I know two-year-olds. <clears throat> I had one last year. Now I have a three-year-old. Um, <clears throat> his dad told him, don't touch it. It's like this running machine. And he, he, he enjoys talking about it. And he'll, he'll ask you, he'll tell you about it if you ask him. Uh, his dad said, don't touch that machine. And of course, what do two-year-olds do? They touch it. And he touched it and it was a horrible accident. It nearly ripped his entire arm off. Uh, really horrible. Got like life flighted to hospital. They were able to put uh, 
it's like skin and bones back on, and he's missing a finger now, and his hand, uh, he, he jokingly calls it his Terminator hand, um, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> um, so hopefully that's okay that I share that joke. Um, and he, his attitude towards life is so amazing. So here's a guy who has a disabled hand, and you would think, oh, that disqualifies him from any kind of job, gift, or talent related to working with his hands. Is that true for Justin, you guys that know him? He is a mechanic. And not just any mechanic, but a diesel mechanic. It's like another level of pretty cool mechanics. And he, his job every day, day in, day out, he's the bus, one of the, the head bus guy, right? The head, the manager over all the buses because he worked his way up through diesel mechanics and the bus uh, system at District 20, so all the, you know, all the, the kids that get on buses every day, he's the guy that oversees all those buses. Pretty cool, pretty honoring. Um, and he, maybe it's, it's the Lord that he's not here because he's a really humble guy and probably be just sitting there just turning red if I knew I was bragging about him. But here's a guy, hard work. He, he probably, if you look at his hand, you say he's probably not the best guy for working with his hands. And yet he has made a way. He has become a very good mechanic. And so it's either the way you're wired or it's working really hard. You have talents. And since we are in a society that you could pretty much do whatever you want to do, as a policeman, uh, as a doctor, firefighter, school teacher, nurse, chef, a construction worker, and uh, what's that last guy? A mailman? Yeah, a mailman. Uh, here's all the kids. It was from day one in kindergarten. Lots of you probably have this little picture, like a whiteboard sign of you holding up. First day of kindergarten. When I grow up, I want to be a... And then you're like, there's a little kid smiling and holding this picture. Like from day one, we ask people what they want to do when they grow up. What are your gifts? What are your talents? And for some of you, that's a lot of pressure. For some of you, in your 20s, as a young adult, you're constantly ah, being asked, so what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, assuming that you are grown up or assuming that you're right about to be grown up. And maybe some of you don't know. You're like, I don't know what I want to do. I, I, I don't know. And maybe that's a lot of pressure to you. Let me give you a, a, very, a really great quote from a guy who's really nerdy. So today, this will be the nerd alert of the day. <laughs> We're getting better with that sound. I appreciate your hard work. Um, this guy, anybody know Tim Keller? Maybe not personally know of Tim Keller. Super nerd. And by the way, that's a really good thing. Uh, an apologist, an apologeticist, an apologist. Uh, doesn't mean he goes around <laughs> apologizing for things. It means he defends the faith. He wrote a book called The Reason for God, Belief in an Age of Skepticism. Has the biggest church in New York City, like right downtown, heart of Manhattan, not too far from Times Square. Uh, this guy pastors a church, and it's an amazing church, a great church. And he, in the heart of Manhattan, preaches, I listened to a sermon this week about stewardship and calling is one of the topics he often finds himself talking about. And so in Manhattan, the richest county of the United States uh, per capita is like, I think if I heard this right, the average person makes more than a hundred grand. Uh, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. That's not bad. Um, but he talks about use your gifts and talents, steward them in a way that what you do helps people. So if that means getting a job that doesn't pay as much, then do that. If that means, um, taking a job or volunteering in such a way that serves people, well, then do that. The, the gifts and talents you've been given are for the Lord. 
And he has this great quote, which is on the, if you want to write this down, the, the longer version is on the back of your notes. Um, and so he says this, we can discern God's calling when three factors come together for us. So this is just some practical, good, sound Christian advice. Um, we can discern God's calling when three factors come together for us. Affinity, ability, and opportunity. Affinity, he says, is kind of just how you're wired. Like, what do you like to do? What interests you? Um, ability, like you have the natural ability to do this, either by good work, uh, uh, working really hard and achieving ability, or by God-given ability, or, and opportunity. Number three is opportunity. You have the opportunity He says, when these three things, when these three factors come together, you can see God has equipped and called you to do something or to move in a certain direction. This is a gold advice, like going back in my 20s, thinking through like, what am I going to do when I grow up? And what should I do? Um, This kind of, these ideas kept coming back. Well, what do you like? What are you able to do? And what opportunities do you have? For some people, it's um, all about like what you'd like to do. It's like, oh, I really want to be a famous rock star when I grow up, like Bono. Yeah, that'd be cool. But do you eat, do you have, first of all, do you have the ability to do that? Maybe not. Do you have the opportunity to do that? Probably not. So when all three come together, well, then that's what God has probably equipped you to do. And it's, of course, to do for him. So I want to give you the discussion question. I've kind of been warning that this is coming. So if you're at a table that's small, get into a table that's, that's bigger. Uh, this is going to be, if you're new to Sunday school, I, I apologize in advance. This is going to be kind of an awkward, uh, if this is your first time here, if you don't know anyone, uh, this will be awkward for you. But for everybody else, I assume that the majority of you know at least one other person at your table somewhat. And so that will, that's kind of required for this. Uh, so I'll just kind of let this discussion be awkward for a few of you, and it, it, it uh, won't last very long. Um, But here's the discussion question. Point out some gifts and talents in the people at your table. So just be quick. um, And and you could be broad. That's okay. More specific is is helpful. Um, But some things, like encourage each other. With gifts, talent, and I'm just kind of saying that gifts and talents are the same thing. So point at somebody at your table and say nice things about them. Ready? Get set. Discuss. All right. If I could interrupt. How, How many of you found that to be really awkward? A couple. How many of you found that to be helpful? Like, oh, I was encouraged. Okay, good. The, the hands that were raised for the good outweigh the bad. I knew it would be, I imagine for some of you, it would be a little stretching. Um, but I thought we need to know our gifts and talents. And sometimes it's surprising to people what others say about them. It's like the, uh, what's a, that kind of knowledge that, that you don't know, but everyone around you knows? Like if you have a piece of food on your face and everyone knows it and you don't. It's like that kind of knowledge. Well, this is the better way. Like everyone sees something inside of you and maybe you didn't know that about yourself. So these are your talents. Time, talent, treasure, technology, temple, toys. Are you ready for the last one? And as soon as I put this up there, you're like, you're all going to, Joe, why didn't you put that up last week? How could you forget that? So don't judge me too much. But truth you're like, oh, yeah, why wasn't that up there last week? Well, we forgot about it, and now we remembered it. I'm learning with you as we go along in this journey. This idea of truth. Of course, we need to steward the truth that God has given us. And those of us in here that have received Christ and accepted him 
we've been given a lot of truth, and we need to steward that as a gift for the Lord. This idea that it is all from Him and through Him and to Him, and things that we know, truths about God, truths about how God sees individuals, He loves us, He cares for us, those are truths that we need to serve for the Lord, give to the Lord. And so in the Bible, so it's going to seem like in this Sunday School Talk, I'm going to talk about something else right now. But in a way, it is all interrelated to this bigger umbrella of talents. So in the Bible, there's specific things called gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I can specifically find four times in the New Testament where an author will list the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The first listing is in, uh, if you want to write this down and look at it later, the first listing is 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, Paul lists some gifts to the churches in Corinth. He says, to one, there is given a measure of wisdom. So here they all are listed. And this is going to be a lot to write down. So if you're trying to write all this down, you're going to have to be really quick. Uh, otherwise, I could show you after Sunday school, I could put the slide back up. Um, but really good stuff here. So 1 Corinthians 12, 8 says, To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different types of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. Nine gifts if you count them all. So you're like, okay, cool. That's the listing of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Great, got it. And then you look up there and you're like, oh, maybe I have a gift of faith maybe, or sometimes I have gifts of knowledge. And it's like, I shouldn't have known that, but I felt like the Lord was showing me something. And then I said it and people were like, how did you know that? That's a gift of knowledge. Um, But then there's other lists, which is like, okay, that's, if this is just the list, like, no, there's, there's more lists. And I'll get to what I'm, the big point I'm going to say here in a second. So this next list is in 1 Corinthians 12 on down 27 through 28. So 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 28. Seems like a, a little bit of a different list. He says this, Paul to the Corinthians. He says, now you are the body of Christ and each of you is part of it. And he has this beautiful analogy of the body and the members, like the hand, the foot, and the eye, different parts of the body, yet all serving the body. Verse 28, and God has placed in the church, first of all, Apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then healing, then helping, and of guidance, and of different kind of tongues. So there's eight gifts right there. Apostle, prophet, teachers, miracles, healing, helping, guidance, and tongues. It's like, okay, cool. So why is there two lists? Well, there's actually more than that. Because if you turn to Romans, uh, Romans 12, Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 4, 4 through 8, Paul Uh, we assume the author is Paul, to the church in Rome. Uh, He says this, verse 4, For just as each of us has one body with many members, same analogy used in 1 Corinthians, and these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ, though many form one body, and each belongs to the other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then let him prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is leading, then do so diligently. And if it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So here's a list of seven gifts. It's like, well, 
this is getting pretty cool, in my opinion, that there's different lists and different gifts. So sometimes people will come up to me and say, hey, do you, I think I have the gift of like, like, like leading worship. Is, is that a gift of the Holy Spirit? Do you think it could be? Well, since the Bible has lists, here's three of them. I'm going to give you about uh, one more list as well. And those lists are differently. Uh, those lists are different. Well, then I would say, well, yeah, if you feel like worship, like leading worship is a gift that God has given you, then, then, and, and it serves the body of Christ, well then, yes, I think that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Why not? Because here's one more. This is in Ephesians 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And it says this, So Christ gave himself, uh, gave himself to the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, we become mature, attending to the whole message of the fullness of Christ. So there's the lists. Look at it. Just look at it. Look at it. There's a lot of gifts up there. And some of them are repeats. Does anyone see the gift that is repeated all four times? Yep. Starts with a P, ends with fits, prophets. That's a bad way to say that, sorry. Um, so here's a total of nine, eight, seven, and five. So a total of 29 gifts of the Holy Spirit. Prophets is listed four times. Tongues is, uh, what is it, twice. Uh, teaching is on there twice, uh, so three times. So there's some overlap of the gifts, and yet each list is different, which to me is pretty beautiful, pretty encouraging that there could be more. Maybe there's gifts today you know, in our society in 2014 that, that didn't, couldn't exist um, in the early first century, but maybe we have. I think of just, you know, technology, and I, I don't know if that could be, could you be given a gift through the Holy Spirit to minister through social media? Is that a gift? I don't know for sure, but I do know that this is pretty encouraging, that there's different lists of gifts, and we have all been wired and built, and we have different abilities. Some of us work hard in different areas, so we have different gifts. So here's what I want you to do. One more discussion question. Um, and I'll put the list back up. But I want you to pick one of the gifts. Just one. There's, there's what did we say, 29? Is that the number we said? Um, 29 or so gifts of the Holy Spirit listed in these four lists. And so just pick one. It's, it's really tempting to pick four or three or five gifts. You're just like, oh, this one, this one, this one. But pick one, just for today, for the purpose of this discussion question. Pick one of the gifts. So I would pick one. You, I'm asking you all to pick one and talk about growing in it for the service of the Lord. And so maybe it's a gift you don't have. Maybe it's a gift you want to grow in. It's like, um, for me, I would pick uh, teaching. People see me as a teacher, and I want to continue to grow in it, not just for myself, before the service of the Lord, that I would get better to serve the Lord better. So would you pick one? Here's the list back. So pick one gift. So this is kind of you picking and kind of sharing. It's, it's, it'll be a little vulnerable for, for many of you. Pick one and then talk about growing in it for the Lord. Would you discuss that at your tables? Ready? Get set. Discuss. All right. If I could interrupt, it, so, it sounds like uh, it took some of you a long time to get started, and now... Um, you have lots to talk about, so I apologize for interrupting. We'll end Sunday school a little early, so you'll have some time to, to go back to this conversation if you would like to. 
How many of you, I'm just going to pick a few that I'm interested in knowing uh, about. How many of you would say you're gifted in teaching? Like you said that one. Gifted in teaching or want to grow in teaching? You couldn't, in some ways it's kind of, this question wasn't meant to be like, oh, brag about yourself for five minutes. It was more like, okay, maybe you, you have a little bit of an affinity, as Tim Keller would say, or you have an opportunity, or you have a, some sort of an ability to one of these gifts, but you want to grow more. And I gave that caveat that, of course, it is for the Lord, not for yourself, not to show off for Paul, Paul in, in the gospel or in, in his letter to the Corinthians really says, Don't, these gifts are not for you. These gifts are for the Lord. Be quiet, those of you that are, he says, speaking in tongues and just so you could hear yourself. He's like, no, don't do that. Be quiet. One at a time. You know, these gifts are for the Lord. Do it with order. Um, how many of you said prophecy? A couple hands. How many of you said uh, the gift of distinguishing between the spirits? A couple of you. Good. Um, serving? Lots of hands. Uh, giving mercy? Anybody said, yeah, I want to I grow in that. Good. Um, I'm curious to know, does anybody say uh, evangelist? I want to grow in evangelism? A couple of people? Great. Uh, leading, the gift of leading? A couple hands. Um, healing? Anybody say, I want to grow in praying for healing? Wow, lots of hands. Good. Um, speaking in tongues? It's like using that gift for the Lord. And um, that's, a, that's a, a gift. We've talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We spent, we've, you, can, you know, you could go to the, the, our website, New Life Church, find Mill Sunday School and go to podcast. And I think it goes all the way back to like 2007. Um, it's a pretty good chronicle of what the things we've talked about. We've talked for a full, I think we spent two weeks one time, a two week series on speaking in tongues and how it is a gift that causes a lot of dissension and a lot of debate amongst Christians as to what it is. Um, but it's a gift like all the others up here, and it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, let's see, I think one more. How many of you wanted to grow in miracles, like seeing miracles? Yeah, good. So here's what I want to conclude with, and this will hopefully get us back from where we've been and kind of summarize what we're talking about here. This idea that all of these gifts, these talents that we have, are for the Lord. Hence why we listed the last gift, the seventh gift, that we're going to talk about as uh, the gift of truth. That if we know the truth and we could share the truth through our gifts and our talents, I mean, all these gifts are basically to, to give truth and to give glory to the truth who is God back to him. I want to read the ending of this passage. And we've already, this is the passage that says uh, the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But then I want to cue into verse 12. And it's kind of the why, which I already read, but maybe you missed it. I read it fast. But this is what I want to hone in on this morning. It's for us to think about that all these gifts are for, verse 12, the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So these gifts, I think sometimes when we start talking about gifts, uh, some individuals, I know I can feel overwhelmed, like, oh, someone you know, has this great gift, and I think I have that gift too, but they really have that gift, so I feel like, oh, I, I, you know, it's, uh, I don't feel like sharing it. It's, someone else has that gift much better than I. But these gifts are for, not for us, they're for the body of Christ, for the equipping of the saints. Verse 13, until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of, of the Son of God. That's the truth. Like these, these gifts 
are for the knowledge of the Son of God. That's that truth, that last T word. To the mature person, to the measure of, for their statue, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. In other words, use these talents to build up God's truth here on earth. Use these talents. Whatever gifts you were talking about, whatever gifts people said, you know, we went around on the tables and quickly said, oh, if you have this gift, I think you have this gift. And then, and then today, the second discussion question was, what gifts do you have? What gifts do you want to grow in? Well, these gifts are all for the giving of truth, the, the revealing of truth on this earth. And so that's why, you know, the parable we started off with says, don't bury your money in the ground. And that's a parable. Because I, when I first heard this parable, or maybe not the first time, but one time I was like, man, that is really rude of the master to throw out the guy where, into the weeping and gnashing of teeth just because he buried the treasure. I mean, did anybody else think that? You're like, wow, that's a little, that's a little intense. And if it's, if it's just about money, well, then maybe that's not too bad. I mean, you could invest your money, let's say, in the stock market, and you can make a lot of gains. You could double your money, like the two uh, stewards that doubled their five and their two. But you could also lose a lot of money if you invest it in the stock market. Maybe you invest it really well. I know people who uh, invest and they're good at investing and they've lost money. So then it's like, oh, well, burying it on the ground isn't that bad. If, if what we're really talking about is money, but what we are really talking about is not money. Jesus tells this parable about money. And of course, it's really about the kingdom of God. It's really about the talents we've been given, the gifts we've been given, the treasures we've been given for the kingdom of God, which are gifts of truth gifts of showing the truth, gifts of talking about the truth. And then it becomes pretty clear. If you've been given truth and you go bury it in the ground, that's pretty dumb. We are supposed to take our gifts, the truth of God, and put it on a hill for all to see, not go and hide it and bury it. Then this parable makes a lot more sense. God has entrusted you and me. He's entrusted all of us with his truth with what's right and what's wrong. And if we go and bury it in the ground, well, then that is wicked. That is lazy of us to do. makes a lot more sense in that context, I think, the parable of the talents. So let's go before the Lord. Let's pray to him today. God, as we conclude this talk about stewardship, stewarding our, uh, specifically our talents and the gifts you've, you've given to us, Lord, we... We want to take the risk of um, maybe looking bizarre in sharing the truth. We want to take the risk of, of knowing that we're going to be um, maybe in a fearful place by sharing your truth. But Lord, we do not want to be guilty of burying your truth in the ground. We want to be stewards and good stewards of, of managing the, the resources that you've given us, managing the talents and the treasures and our technology, our time, We want to, Lord, give them back to you, reflect you. Oh, we are so grateful for the things you've given us. They're different things than maybe the people sitting around our tables, but they're the things you've given us and entrusted us to. May may we take these gifts, the talents, the treasures, our time, and reflect you, Lord. Convict us this week through your Holy Spirit. We praise you, we worship you this morning. And everybody said, Amen. We hope you've been spiritually encouraged by listening to this podcast. 
More podcasts and information about the College and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs can be found at newlifechurch.org forward slash Sunday School.